0: Welcome, everybody, to Two Goalies, One Mike, episode 116. A very short uh, edition uh, in between the first and second period here of a 0 0 game between Buffalo and the Boston Bruins. Uh, Joined by my co host, Connor Hurley, Hurls himself, and uh, Matthew Fairburn from The Athletic uh, with Buffalo. Matt, thanks for hopping on with us, man. I really appreciate this. Uh, I've been trying to get this going for a couple weeks now, but uh, thank you for coming on.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me. Glad we could connect.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I really, I really respect your writing. Uh, I remember I mentioned that one piece you did on, uh, on Jill. uh, And I think it was uh, the NHL is like top 100 or 99. Yeah, really. I really enjoyed that piece Uh, and everything else you've uh, written uh, over your years contributing to Buffalo hockey. So uh, again, thank you for coming on.
1: No, I appreciate it. It was, uh, it's been a fun first year on the beat. Uh, Definitely. Definitely jumped on at a good time. Um, you know, I, I I had chipped in and helped out John a little bit before. Um, you know, when I was covering the Bills, but first first year being full time on the Sabers, and it's uh, it's turned out to be pretty good timing.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Like, you know, this year, you know, I've said it said it a lot this season, this year. Not just because they're winning, but. Uh, just the overall, and I know the, the buzzwords like culture and vibes are they get overused a lot, but I think they really do apply a lot to this season, especially with everything that transpired uh, the previous year with Eichel and, and Sam and coming into this season. And like they have the fans back, right? Like they're back, you know, they're they're engaged, maybe not as much so as it was 10 years ago, but they're engaged and uh coming into this NHL trade deadline, uh, I guess expectations have grown a little high and patience is starting to grow a little thin. And just your thoughts on that over the past week, just kind of the cha- the chaoticness of what the NHL trade line has been, and has been. we're still less than 24 hours away.
1: Yeah, it's been wild. Uh, yeah. I, I think how wild it's been is probably part of why there's some Sabres fans that are feeling a little impatient because it seems like everybody's making deals. Uh, There's especially in the Eastern conference, just an absolute arms race going on uh, of teams uh, loading up for playoff runs. And, you know, it's like you mentioned, fans are back and they're engaged. So you're going to have some impatience. You're going to have some restlessness this time of year, but the Sabres have stuck to the plan that, they outlined that they've been pretty transparent and pretty consistent about, you know, in terms of letting the young players grow into their roles and not wanting to block young players from ice time. And I imagine that got a little bit complicated because they're sitting there right on the edge of a playoff spot, seems to flip-flop every night whether they're in that final wild card spot. And you know, you you certainly have to battle that as a general manager of of saying does this team deserve you know, that extra push to maybe get in and, and get that, you know, monkey off the back and, and, end the playoff drought, or, you know, has this team earned the right to go together and try to earn it, you know, with the guys that got them there. So, so far Riley Stillman is the only outside addition, uh, and he's making his debut pretty decent first period against the Bruins. He's paired up with Matias Samuelson, but so far that's the only addition they've made. They've still got a little while here, but, um, they've been, you know, anybody that's listened to Kevin Adams, uh, I think they're, you're always wondering, is that what he's saying? Is that what he's actually going to do when push comes to shove? So far, um, he's doing pretty much what he said he would do.
0: In your best estimation with 16 hours to go, what type of move do you tangibly envision happening if he does decide to make a move? Like there's not a lot out there in terms of buzzwords, buzz names that, a lot of NHL fans have looked for. They're basically all gone at this point, but with a lot of fire sales in Arizona, Chicago, uh, even Nashville at this point, is there something that you think realistic can realistically can be done in the next 16 hours?
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it seems like at any time, anybody makes a list of names, you better be writing it quickly because there's going to be a trade. That's going to, going to screw that up. Dante Fabro uh-huh. in Asheville is probably the best, you know, guy that would make sense that still may be realistic because like you said nashville has sort of jumped into the the fray as a seller I, when i look at moves that the sabers could potentially make i think the player most likely has to be young ish you know Fabro fits that at at 24 i think he is now young some term and the cost to acquire probably doesn't have to you know wouldn't be substantial. I think the Sabers are really hesitant to move that first round pick and I think that's smart in a in a really good draft and with everybody that's already off the board here. You know, uh, there's yeah. not a lot of guys out there still that are worth a first round pick. <laughs> and you know that you're going to pay a little bit of a markup this time of year. So, mm-hmm. and a first round pick, you want to make sure that's somebody that's worth it and I'm not sure any of those players are going to become available. Uh, you know, this time of year with where they're at in the rebuild and with the way Kevin Adams has operated, you know, it's going to be potentially another depth type of guy, maybe to boost the forward group. You know, the middle six could use, uh, you know, another body after Jack Quinn is doing a pretty good job filling in for Alex Tuck, but you need to kind of backfill those minutes and, you know, give, give the team another option besides Vinny Hinestroza. Yep. Maybe they add another defenseman. I don't know. I guess it depends just how strongly they feel about Riley Stillman and my early impression is that they feel, you know, pretty good about the the guy that they're getting. So it could be a pretty quiet Friday, but those are some of the things I'm thinking about, you know, in terms of what Kevin Adams could be looking at.
0: Um, do you think fans are justified at being upset about the the chicken situation?
1: To an extent, yes. Uh, I think all along the chicken story was that the price was too high. And that wasn't just Buffalo that, you know, was, you mm-hmm. know, kind of walking at the price. It seemed like around the league, a lot of teams, you know, thought Arizona's ask was pretty high. That's why it's taken a long time for him to get moved. And then when the trade came down, my first thought was, oh, you know, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, like they actually did come down on the price a little bit. I think the way I think about Chickren and I understand it's like, you know, we talk about off off the top that fans are, are into it. They're excited, they're engaged and they want to see this team get back to the playoffs more than justified. And wanting a player like that at a price like that is also more than justified. My hang up with him all along First off, I, I don't mind Kevin Adams hanging on to that pick in what should be a strong draft. Still don't know exactly how high that pick could be, but you know, looking like certainly a top half of the first round uh, pick, maybe even better. And the other part of it is where Chikrin fits in because he's going to want to be a power play quarterback most likely, and you have two of those already. Yeah. And he is on a very manageable number at 4.6 for two seasons after this one so you know even if he were to walk after that the price is still probably worth it um, for you know a couple seasons of that guy and you know you could probably flip him again and recoup some of the cost so I understand all of that Uh, I think the big question I had all along was where does he fit in as another offensive you know, defenseman, another guy that wants to run the power play. Certainly it doesn't hurt to add good players and it doesn't hurt to do that. But the timing of where the Sabres are, you know, Chickering isn't pushing them into Stanley cup contention this season. No. Um, so I can see both sides of it. I, I understand why they were hesitant to move that pick. And frankly, I wonder if, if Ottawa's pick was more appealing in the end to Arizona, it's splitting hairs a little bit because they're close in the standings, but it is something to consider. You know the yeah. whole package of they probably wanted the highest pick they could possibly get, and I would think that's probably going to be Ottawa's. But who knows? Now they now they have Jacob Trichron. That's uh, kind of how this goes. It's so
0: counter counterintuitive, right? Like you want you want that pick to be as as good as it possibly be. Well, you just gave them a piece that's right. Kind of, <laughs> kind of like now, might break don't, the tie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it might be what pushes Ottawa over the edge. I mean, Ottawa is going in a very different direction than Buffalo in terms of how they're trying to build. You know, they yeah. made some splashy additions in the offseason, and, you know, now they make this big move at the deadline. And I, th- you know, I think the Sabres being patient is okay for now still, but, you know, it's they're going to have to start to get in on some of those moves whether it be in the off season or or next trade deadline, because you want to round out the core at some point and, and take advantage of the window that seems like it's opening. But with how much the Eastern conference has loaded up, clearly the window is not right now, I would say for, for Buffalo or Ottawa. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, you know, this group of teams that is trying to rebuild while the Eastern conference is such a beast right now you've got like ottawa detroit buffalo montreal even is you know certainly a, a step or two behind but you know also trying to build something you know which of those teams can emerge because don Granado has talked about how there is a bit of a shift happening in the eastern conference you have these teams that are going to start to age themselves out a little bit like pittsburgh and washington you know which of those teams is going to be able to hang on and which of those teams below them is going to be able to rise up and, and take a spot? And I think the Sabers are being patient, trying to bide their time and make sure they're ready to pounce when uh, you know when the, the conference slips a little bit. Which certainly won't be this year because it's gotten pretty exciting. Uh, you know what it looks like yeah, ahead gonna of the playoffs.
0: A, it's going to be an absolute blood bla- bloodbath in the first round. Um, uh, just piggybacking off your point, and I'll let uh, Connor take the next one. Um, I agree, like. Judging from his interview with Pierre LeBrun, um, he mentioned he mentioned a lot about th- they're willing to be they're interested in making a trade if it makes sense from a hockey standpoint. They're not interested in rentals, like players that can contribute to the future um, that are kind of cost controlled, Which kind of I mean, Jacob Tricker and kind of fit that bill. Four and a half million, it's four and a half million dollars a year uh, for a player of his caliber. That's that's a that's a team friendly deal, um, and it does kind of fit a hole there in your top four that you were kind of hoping to fit, uh, figure out with Labushkin maybe at the start of the season that hasn't worked out, you know, Yoki Haru's game really hasn't come around. Um, So I can totally understand. I was upset too. And it's like, I was never a guy that was pounding the pavement demanding Jacob Chikrin. I was never that guy. Um, But when you saw the return and then you realize, well, we could have easily matched that. I mean, we just gave up Josh Bloom for Riley Stillman, a guy who, I, and I, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of Vancouver uh, podcasters and, and fans out there. They were ecstatic to see Riley Stillman gone. So, I, like, just judging from just talking to them to get to know the player, I'm just like, we just kind of – not not we didn't trade really a blue-chip prospect, but a second-round pick is a point per game in the OHL. And, you know, for, for me, it was, it was just like, you know, this guy could potentially be a contributor at the NHL level in a few years. I just I felt that they made out more than we did in that deal at face value. Looking at the trade from face value, now I could be dead wrong, and you know Riley Stillman could you know really turn things around here in Buffalo over the next season, you know season and a half because he'll be here next year as well. Um, but you know I definitely agree that fans were a little justified in being in angry, myself included, again because I wasn't a I need Jacob Chikrin guy. But when you see the value that Arizona ended up getting back when they backed themselves into that corner waiting as long as they did um buffalo definitely could have matched or even beaten that offer and maybe it, it, I, if it did come to salary retention which that was kind of alluded to too um salary retention shouldn't have been a problem for buffalo you know they they, they could have retained the entire salary and still been able to sign dolly and, and down the road you know owen power um <clears throat> but again i'm not kevin adams i was weren't part of those discussions and you know, maybe they wanted something more out of Buffalo, like a Savoy. And, you know, they weren't really to budge on that. So, um, Connor. Uh, I think we're getting down to it with the second period here. So I guess just real quickly, I mean, the first period is pretty good. Sabres play really well on the road. I guess what is your your best prediction for how the rest of this game goes?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a tough one, obviously. I mean, they're they're hanging in there pretty well, and I think they're certainly benefiting from the fact that Boston just got off a West Coast trip. They've had a couple of injuries. They've got some new pieces that they're trying to get to fit in, and it's interesting about this Sabres team that, you know, it seems that on the road against really tough opponents in these big spots, they seem like they've been rising to the occasion now. No Rasmus Dahlin, if you can pull that off, then I think that, you know, says a lot about what they could do down the stretch, right? If you can go into Boston and win without Rasmus Dahlin, I, I just don't know that that's something that a lot of people are expecting, but here they are, you know, scoreless through through one period and uh, playing them, you know, fairly tight. Uh, Jeremy Swayman's playing a pretty good game. So yeah, I think, you know, expecting them to win in Boston is still tough, but You know, I'm encouraged by the way this team seems to take a bad performance and just flush it pretty quickly. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to spiral on them. Obviously, early in the season, they had that eight-game losing streak, and they've had a few other little streaks, but they've gotten better at at nipping things in the bud and, and turning things around quickly and forgetting about it, and they're especially good at that when they go on the road. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, they have short they definitely have shown to have short memories and uh that's huge. Uh one last thing before we let you go. Uh obviously the second period's already started. If they if the Sabres were to make a move, uh I mean it, it, taking tonight's result to complete a consideration, do you foresee them going looking at a goaltender right now? Because we saw Kevin Weeks bring up UPL's name in trade trade circles. Not surprising, but not surprising too. Um I mean, as as a goalie myself, we have three goalies here. Uh, you know, I, I, didn't even realize you played net until, you know, Connor mentioned to me from, he listens to your podcast with, uh, Joe Pascaglia, um, uh, you know, with, uh, with that, do you think that they, Kevin has me be more inclined at looking at a goaltender rather than help more help offensively since they are the third highest scoring team in the league?
1: I would be surprised. Uh, I don't think it would be necessarily a bad move, uh, It would be, it would potentially solve a bit of a roster crunch for them if they found a way to move out, you know, a couple guys and, uh, you know, switch things up in net. But I don't think they're moving off Craig Anderson. You know, the guy came back to play for Buffalo and, uh, play with this team and everything has gone pretty much according to plan. Uh, he's playing well. He's, you know, loves being a part of the team. He's a big, big leader. I think they've got, you know, some, Certainly, they're not necessarily sitting there saying UPL for sure is 100% the future, but they've been encouraged by what they've seen. And I don't know exactly what Eric Comrie's value would be out there. So could they upgrade the net? Absolutely. Should they seriously look into it in the offseason, depending how the year finishes out with UPL and Comrie? I think they certainly should. Um you know, Devin Levi still being probably a year or two away from the NHL. So that's a big question that they have to answer at some point. Are they going to do it at the deadline? My bet would be no, but uh, you know, we're still learning a lot about Kevin Adams. That's what, especially first season on the beat for me, I'm trying to figure out, you know, when, when he says stuff, you know, where can I read between the lines or so far, he's pretty much, you know, stuck to, to what he said, you know, publicly. And he seems pretty comfortable with this, this goalie trio. So I'm not, I'm not expecting a, a move in net, but I think it's probably the number one spot to watch heading into the off season.
0: I tend, I tend to agree. I think, uh, you know, the Eric Comrie experiment, while we have, we don't have a huge, you know, a huge sample size with the injury earlier in the season. Uh, I, I just don't think that that's the direction they're going to go. If they can get out of that, that contract they will and maybe they'll look elsewhere
1: thank you Uh, it's unfortunate for for eric because he He played pretty well and he hung in there a little you know early in the season i thought he was playing okay Uh, he played really well in calgary and edmonton and this is the opportunity that he's sort of been waiting for and then he injures his knee and uh hasn't really gotten a chance to refine his rhythm uh you know because that's how it goes you know another guy takes the net and starts running with it and especially a knee injury for a goalie is always going to take some time and getting the timing back is going to be going to be iffy. So it's a tough situation for him because, you know, guys in that room absolutely love him. Uh, You know, he's, you know, just a great teammate and, but it's because of the small sample size and because of, you know, the injury and everything, it's really hard to bank on him as your one a or one B either one, When you're going to be, you know, they could certainly get by this year with saying, Hey, you know, just trying to let this young team grow and uh, X, Y, and Z. But next year, I think the, the bar is going to be raised. People are going to be expecting the playoffs and uh, goaltending is such a make or break piece. Sometimes I'm preaching to the choir here. I know, but it's uh, the one of the most important positions in sports. And so if they don't have that right, you know, you could have a really good team undone by bad goaltending. So uh, I'm really curious to see how it goes not just this offseason, rest of the year, but into the future because they've got some intriguing pieces in the pipeline. You know, Devin Levi is super exciting. Uh, you know, how they develop that and, you know, get everything settled is gonna be, you know, one of the bigger, bigger factors in in just how quickly they can get, you know, from being a, a fringe playoff team to a, a contender and and you know, a team that wins in the playoffs.
0: And I and I can I can promise you, Devin Levi, you know all the speculation about him uh he's all in on buffalo um i i mentioned before I, i'm writing a piece on him right now that is uh his own mother has actually helped me write uh it's kind of crazy i've never met a more committed hockey mom in my life it, it's wild if you type her son's name in any social media platform she's on there liking commenting it, it, It's it's pretty it's pretty awesome but we had him on two goalies one mike last year him and his teammate and best friend, Justin Ritskoian, who we just had on again recently, Justin. And uh, he he was extremely excited when he got traded to Buffalo. Uh, Obviously there isn't a huge opportunity with Bob and Spencer Knight down in Florida, but uh, he has ties to the city of Buffalo dating from back when he was 12 years old. That many people know about and uh, that he cherishes a lot. And, you know, he told me all about it. His mom told me all about it and, I, I feel very confident when I say that kid is all in on Buffalo and he, he can't wait to probably get back to development camp come the end of the season when he signs. So.
1: Yeah. He's uh he's, you know, in doing this job, uh, he is one of the better, you know, what is he? 21, like 20, 21 year old kids to talk to that, that mm-hmm. I've ever come across. He's just so self-aware, so mm-hmm. smart and thoughtful and, um, he's just got a ton of energy. I, I think as much as Sabres fans think they're excited about this guy, they're going to be more, more excited when they get to know the personality because he's, he, he's really uh, a pretty special kid. When,
0: uh, you know, I, I make these hoodies, uh, these actually, I'm wearing one right now, the Sabres, the Hayashi goat uh, shirts and hoodie. Uh, and um, uh, he saw it online and he asked me about it. He's like, are those, do you make those? you're, I can get one. I was like, well, you know, you're at development camp in a few weeks. I'll get you one, you know, come bring it to you. And I brought him one uh, to start a development camp on the last day out. He comes out and he's wearing it. I thought that was really cool. I go, yeah, "Yeah, man. He goes, I love Hasek. He goes, you know, he's a big advocate for small goalies like me. He's like, how can you not love the guy? So I thought it was always pretty cool that uh, he was wearing that. And he just, he supports Buffalo, even from over at Northeastern right now, he follows along and, uh, you know, as he chases, uh post beanpot championship uh, a national title and now that looks to be clearly his in the future now with eric portillo sent to la
1: yeah that uh was probably a big factor i would think in the uh in eric and his camps thinking uh that you know the the net looked like you know between lukanen and and levi that it was going to be a little bit tough to to find a spot and he made it clear pretty early this season that it was going to head that way. And yeah. the Sabres are fortunate in that respect that he communicated it and that he was yes. up front and that they could recoup the pick and no harm, no foul, really. I mean, you get the pick back and yep. basically the original draft position and then you just move on and go from there. They've already, you know, they're fortunate that they have, uh, you know, they picked the goalie in the second round last year. They have Devin Levi, they've got Lukanen's young. So, uh, it's not as if they're without options. It's not never great to lose another, another lottery ticket, but, uh, yeah. they'll have a chance to take another swing, uh, you know, next June if they want to.
0: And, per, and personally, and one, one, one last thought is when it comes to a goaltender like me, I don't know about you, but I'm sure Connor as well, we thrive off competition. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I never shied away from it. You know, I always thought it brought the best of me. I'm not saying it, it wouldn't against Eric, but I, I kind of look at that situation. It's like, you know, is he running away from the opportunity in Buffalo because of Devin Levi, or maybe he just never wanted to be here to begin with? I don't know. But just that thought to me is kind of like, I would want him to want to win that net rather than run away from it.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think, you know, regardless of what he thinks of whether it's the best situation. I mean, look, he's got the right to do it. He's, yep. you know, been in school and, him and his agent are going to try to find the absolute best spot. And I understand that Buffalo has work to do to get its reputation back to where, Mm -hmm. you know, players want to be there. But I actually thought it was a pretty good situation for him. You know, like you said, you come in and compete and you never know what happens. There's no sure things uh, with prospects and he's a great, you know, and and he is a, you know, he's got, you know, the size, the athleticism and, and the, the tools to be, you know, an NHL starter. And this team is pretty desperate for somebody to declare themselves as that starter. So thought it was a fairly decent opportunity for him if, if he wanted to jump on it, but um, I don't fault, you know, players for exercising their rights. It's unfortunate that it goes that way in hockey where you can lose a guy for nothing, but the Sabres were fortunate here to, to get the value back. And um, you know, it's, comes out in the wash now we'll see what happens with with uh ryan johnson and then you know hopefully they can get devin levi locked up sooner rather than later because i know people are already starting to wonder is this going to happen with him i don't think so i think uh it seems like the furthest thing from his mind so i think he's a saber but uh, certainly gives give everyone some peace of mind when he puts pen to paper
0: Yep, absolutely. And, and it wasn't a rip on, I guess, on, on Eric. He's actually also been a guest on our show and very well-spoken kid, highly intelligent, like you said, phenomenal athlete, and he has the size to be an NHL goaltender. Just for me, you know, just outside opinion, I just, I always thrived off the off the, off the competition when my back was up against the wall. That was always when the best goaltender in me used to come out. So, uh, Matt, thanks for coming on with us, man. I uh, hope to have have you on again soon you know, maybe not during a game we're up against the wire like this, <laughs> but, uh, appreciate you coming on, man. I, again, I, I love your work. I love, I love the podcast. I love your writing with the athletic and just a phenomenal first year and hopefully many more years to come.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to jump on with you guys at any
0: Thank you. This has been episode 116, a two goalies, one Mike with obviously Connor Hurley hurls 13 himself and, uh, Matthew Fairburn from the athletic, uh, with Buffalo. So, uh, I am Dwayne Steinel. I'll hang up and listen, and we'll see you next time. Hey everybody. This is Dwayne from two goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, Hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey?